Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Ron Crawford coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And it is always such a great blessing to have the privilege of spending time with you midweek to look at what the Word of the Lord is saying and to enjoy uh, a time of fellowship together in, in Him. Last week, we had a different format for our Wednesday outreach. Uh, we did not place uh, a Wednesday Night Live broadcast onto our website or onto any of the other outposts because we were engaged in our March, our spring seminar for the Saints Network, which we host uh, here in Dallas each year. And the title of that gathering was Understanding the Times. And we are so grateful for what the Lord allowed us to experience in Him during that time. God did some magnificent things throughout the week, and we were privileged to spend a great deal of time in prayer together, as well as in the study of the Word and in various points of ministry that the Spirit directed us to uh, to minister. I was particularly grateful for the wonderful spirit of fellowship and agreement that existed among the saints who gathered, and also that once again we were able to extend what was happening here online to the various saints who are part of this fellowship, who happen to live in lots of different places around the world. So we just truly want to be in agreement today in thanking God for the privilege that we had to meet together in an unencumbered way in person. You know, in, in light of what we've faced these past couple of years with all the restrictions that existed in, in, uh, in travel and in uh, various parts of uh, our nation, what you can do, what you can't do, uh, it was just nice to have a regular gathering again. And, you know, we don't want to take that lightly. We don't, we don't want to despise the blessings that God readily gives us. And this past week was truly one of those blessings. The title of our gathering last week was Understanding the Times. And we spent many of our sessions talking about the times in a different way than any of us had truly uh, imagined before in our studies. And that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He, he guides us into all truth. And that truth is literally being made aware of things that had been hidden to that point. Now, the church has traditionally taken that definition and said, 
Well, what was hidden was the saving knowledge of Jesus. And um, because we in the church have seen it, it is a truth. And the church, as wonderful as that truth is, as foundational as that truth is, the church has traditionally felt that once a person enters into Christianity, that's all the truth there is. But if you think about it, if, if that statement is true, what could the Holy Spirit possibly be guiding us into today if we've already found that truth? <clears throat> now, I want to also clarify that there are many in progressive circles who believe and espouse that there are other truths in the world and that other religions are gaining truth from God that is equal to what we have received in our understanding through Christ. I do not believe in that. So don't, don't skip ahead and assume that I'm saying that because the Spirit is guiding the church into all truth, that that means that we need to become familiar with the Buddhist teaching or Taoist teaching or even satanic teachings, that there are truths there that the Spirit wants to bring to us. God forbid. God forbid that we would ever do that because that's a road to damnation, truly is. There is one way to the Father, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ, period. Uh, you know, that is just the gospel. And, you know, in so many ways, progressive thinking is much like Israel in the Old Testament, God said, you don't have any other gods before me. In other words, don't worship demons that were created by the divine, by God, uh, who, have, who fell away from God. Don't worship them. Don't worship man either, or woman. And also, um, don't water down what you believe by accepting the viewpoints of all of the peoples that you're supposed to be driving out of the land. You know, God judged Israel for becoming more like the people of the surrounding regions than what their true identity was to be in God. You know, we looked at a passage of Scripture where a man named Phinehas did an exploit regarding this, a very demonstrative exploit, and God applauded him for it. Now, I'm not advocating violence, but what I am advocating is that you cherish what God has given you and don't abandon it. Don't water it down by becoming like the very people you're supposed to be a witness to. Solomon did that. There are lots of examples in the Bible. I'm not picking on Solomon. But you read what Solomon did before the Lord, 
when the temple was being built and when the temple was dedicated, and you look at what happened after several years, that temple of the Lord that began with the glory of God and the priests not being able to stand because of the depth of his presence, it soon became populated by idols from all over the known world with active worship of those demons right there in the temple. So the ideology that I rebuked in our current progressive world system of trying to become one with all these other people in order to reach them is is heinous. And uh, it's the examples of the folly and the destructive nature of that are all throughout the Bible. And, um, you know, even Paul, the apostle, when he wrote his epistles, he said to one church, I'm surprised at you. Who has bewitched you or who has put you under the spell of some other type of belief system that is, in essence, demonic? And um, I think that I think that we need to recognize that the Spirit of God is always wanting to cause the Word of God to breathe fresh insights to us today. We need that. We need that. And um, it's possible that this can be done we recognize the veracity of this approach every day. God can show us something from his word that we've never seen before, and it aligns perfectly with the foundation of his word that we have already seen there. Now, I have to tell you that sometimes the church can become pharisaical. They feel that their traditions and their their uh, the limitations that they have fenced throughout the years are equal to what the word writes and that's abominable sometimes when god shows something new and fresh from his word you find lots of church people who say oh that can't be of god because it violates our traditions or we've never done that before what would you do in life if you never accepted anything new? You know, we just welcomed a new addition into our family. I could say, well, you know, I've been alive for 64 years. We've never had this before. It can't be of God. Let's be ridiculous. Well, you know, those of you who, <clears throat> when I was a kid, we didn't have cell phones. In fact, it cost money to pay uh, the phone company to make a call. And if you wanted to call long distance, boy, oh boy. I mean, that was expensive. If you want to, you could call collect in those days and put the, put the bill on your parents or your grandparents. Now we can have a little device in our pocket and we can call anywhere in this nation for, for free, basically. If you're, you know, on your plan, of course, I know you've got to pay per month. But the, but the idea is, 
that when you accepted that phone, that was new. When you accepted those new ways, you accepted it gladly, and it's become a part of your life. But when it comes to the things of the Word, so many Christians say, oh, we don't want to have anything to do with that. And that's a quick road to death. When you stop growing, you, you're on your way to going out of this life. You may not realize it yet, but growth in the Lord is, is vital. And so we saw lots of things last week about understanding the times. And we encourage you to avail yourself of the teachings that are available on this site and probably on Spotify. I don't know if it's been posted over there yet or not. But um, study. And if, if you heard the teachings... It might be good for you to sit down with your Bible and go through them again, just so you understand them, because they were Scripture. And um, I, uh, I think that would be a good, uh, a good uh, pursuit for all of the saints uh, in the days to come. So. The primary emphasis, out of many, but the primary emphasis of understanding the times is that we recognize that we're in a very unique time frame according to God's timetable. And something magnificent is about to be released according to the timetable of God. Whether you wanted to call it the end-time revival or the end-time visitation, whatever you want to call it, Something is coming. We've talked about this for years. We've talked about the great visitation of the Spirit before the second coming, before the end times. Well, guess what? We're at that day. But it doesn't just come by us sitting on a bench or a pew, just watching the clock and wondering why it hasn't happened yet. Before God does anything, he partners with his intercessors. And there's such a thing in the Scripture, many places, regarding travail till something is birthed. We looked at what the solemn assembly is in the Old Testament and its unique placement throughout many significant locations in the Scriptures. And we talked about how the root of that is barrenness, not bareness, but barrenness. And that means the, a restriction of birthing, a something that, according to God's timetable, he's going to do, but he needs someone to partner with him in grace to see that birth come about. And you say, oh, I don't, I don't believe that. God's going to do what he wants to do. Well, do you ever read the Bible or you just say things like that? What about Abraham and Sarah? What about the challenges that other patriarchs had in the birthing of their children, the promise that God gave? What about Hannah and Samuel? What about Elizabeth and Zechariah? What, what about uh, Mary? Mary was in a 
in a totally different reality, one that never was and never will be repeated. But the miraculous birthing of a new thing costs the people something. Even though God had promised it, even though God had foretold it, even though it was a part of what his eternal plan is, you don't now, again, if somebody else pays the price and you river skip over into it, well, you'll be blessed by that. But that's, that's not a good way to live. <laughs> if you're just always on the, the spiritual dole of somebody else's sacrifice, what kind of Christian are you? I mean, you, God's called you to be sons, not overfed babies that run to the table when mom or dad yell, okay, come on, it's dinner time. You know, even with Peter and John and the other disciples, when there was the, the dispute about the Grecian and the Helen and the uh, Hebraic uh, widows, and they were arguing about food being distributed unequally, and uh, I guess there was Hebrew privilege back then. Um, and Peter said, you know, we're not going to serve tables. We've got to minister to the Lord in uh, prayer and in the study of the word. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday and I thought, spiritually speaking, there's, there's the need to minister and serve the table. But somebody's got to pay the price for what's going on that table. And somebody's got to pay the price for um, receiving that meat and those good slices of divine bread, you know? And if everybody's just serving all the time, then who's obtaining and who's cooking? You know, we need to be people who aren't just ready to be fed or aren't just devoted to distributing. We've got to also have those, and this is probably the most important thing, because if you have the others and don't have food and fresh meat, everybody's going to starve. The enemy knows that. So we need to be people as saints who know how to spend time with God, to glean the unsearchable riches of his word, and who will, who will seek hard after him for what needs to be going on that table. This is our responsibility. And certainly, when it comes to the timetable of God, knowing that the solemn assembly is a set time for waiting on God to break the barrenness and to bring the miraculous birthing of what he's promised, we have to be involved in that too because there aren't a whole lot of people, percentage-wise, who are even thinking of that. Yeah, we want to be blessed. Yeah, we want to keep receiving the new things and, and we want to hear about this and we want to hear about that, but 
How about actually paying the price to be the sons that hear from the, the Lord? You know, Israel, during the days when Samuel was young, when they had a religious center at Shiloh, um, said that the word of God, the breakthrough word of God was rare. It was, it, they said it was precious, but that meant rare. The breakthrough word. The only way you're going to get the breakthrough word is if you partner with the Lord to see that breakthrough come. Eli and his sons and all the rest of the tribes didn't seem to have too much interest in doing that. So God had to bring a little boy to begin to reestablish what it means to be a seer, what it means to be a prophet, and through that then declare, thus says the Lord. They already had priests. They already had whatever Moses had taught. I'm not denigrating that. But the breakthrough word was what was missing. You read it for yourself. It's good reading. The breakthrough, the Parat's word, was what was missing. And you don't get that just by running from tribe to tribe asking if they have it. Somebody's got to pay that price. And um, I believe very strongly from the evidence of the Scripture that the saints are those who are partnering with God to see what His eternal purpose is and to pray and intercede before the throne to see that, to welcome that into being. It's a remnant. And uh, I appreciate those of you who have been willing to accept such a task and to, to do it, to do it before the Lord. Uh, we, we also had some teachings about what, what you can do in the midst of that travail that breaks the barrenness. And um, we shared many different things that would be helpful to you in that process. Not an easy way out, but things that can be interjected biblically into your walk that will help you. And so take advantage of what's there. And I'm just giving you forewarning, even though it will be in the extended Vimeo archives, don't be looking for this seminar to be up on these sites forever. You know, like on our Facebook page or um, on our website or on Spotify. We're not going to keep them up there forever. So get busy. Get busy with it. And um, I, I believe the Lord will bless you with that. For one reason, you need that information now. What else are you doing? Oh, you know, Pastor Ron, I, I'm just busy. I'm doing this and this and this and this and this. Well, you know what? You've got to learn how to multitask in the Lord. 
and make him the priority and all these other things that you have to do, no matter how many they are, will get done and will, will get done in a much easier and better way if you put God first. It's the principle of the tithe. And um, if you give God what is his, he will take care of the other things. And remember, in the New Testament, tetheme is a seed. It is, it is a, it is a beginning point. And you, it, whether it's in ministry, that word is used to ordain. It's used to speak about the deposit of God. It speaks about what God Himself did. It's, it's our money, is just a tangible, prophetic. Uh, token of a much larger picture. And we've studied that. You can look that up too. But money isn't the only factor of the tisthemi. Your calling individually, scripturally, is a tisthemi. And um, what you do before the Lord is a sowing forward. So Make him a priority. This understanding the times information is something that all the saints need. So make it part of who you are because it's scriptural. You know, I'm going to tell you something, and I know this is going to smack some of you, but I don't care. I am not saying that we should not be aware of what other people are teaching. I, I, I know that there are many other wonderful men and women of God who have good things to say. But you will never hear me teach somebody else's stuff. If you do, let me know and I'll, I'll be done right then. You know, the Apostle Paul said, something of the same ilk. He said, I'm not going to meddle in somebody else's works. And why would you? When God is, his spirit is speaking what we need to hear. There's so much. So you need to make, if you are part of this saints network and you know who you are, God has brought you into fellowship for a reason. And you need to be eating the same spiritual meat that the Spirit is giving to us. First of all, so that we're all apprised. Secondly, so that we're all strengthened. Thirdly, so that we're all in a coordinated effort. And, uh, you know, when Coca-Cola has its board meeting... Those people don't come in talking about what Pepsi and Dr. Pepper and anybody else is doing. They are Coca-Cola. And I don't like Coca-Cola, really. It's okay. I don't really drink soft drinks that much anymore. But Mountain Dew and Pepsi were my favorites. But be that as it may, um, you know, you know what God's giving you. And again, I'm not saying don't be familiar with what everybody else is doing. You can go nuts with that too. 
You can get confused with that. Um, uh, but the saints should at least know what is readily available for the saints. And we, uh, we're doing our very best to make that as easily accessible as we can. You can even listen to it at double speed or one and a half speed or even one and a quarter speed if you want to get through it quicker. But know this teaching from the Scripture. So uh, the reason I got off on that trail about other teachings is I'm not telling you something that somebody else has. And I'm not telling you something that is my opinion. The gospel according to Ron. I'm not telling you that. Everything we're teaching is straight from the scripture. And it's it, 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 they are things that are f- grounded <clears throat> by what the scripture has said. And uh, most of it, is new. So we need to know this. If you're a lover of God, you should be a lover of his word. So know this. And um, I'm, we had many wonderful teachers who taught this week. We have lots of great Saints Network students and scholars and teachers and preachers. And God is exponentially growing that. That's good. I'm not intimidated by other saints who teach. I'm not intimidated by words that other saints get from the Scripture. That is exciting to receive something from the Word. It does trouble me in the past if someone comes up to the Saints Network pulpits and teaches some other person's teaching. I mean, that's like somebody doing your homework for you. That's not impressing anyone. And again, I say it for, I think, now the fifth time, we bless other ministries. You know, I remember one of the, and I appreciate my my upbringing. We didn't, it wasn't optimal in a lot of ways. Uh, We didn't have a lot of advantages growing up. Didn't have any money at all, basically. We just got by. But sometimes when I was particularly in grade school, when I would be at home, my mom would always talk about, you know, why aren't, why don't you like this other little boy down the street because he does this or why aren't you like this other little boy down the street? And my mom loved me, but she would make those statements. And it irritated me because I knew those little boys. And I thought, where are you reading their press reports? You know, who, why are you saying this? I mean, I'm not getting in any, any trouble. I'm, I'm going to church. I'm a good boy. Why are you comparing me to these other people? You know, I remember there was a couple here uh, years ago. They're, I think they're both dead now. So I guess the statute of limitations has expired for them. But 
this man married a really nice woman who had been married before, but her husband died. And so often when we would be in times of fellowship, in the presence of this husband who loved her, this woman would talk about her former husband, how wonderful he was. And I always felt badly for that man, for the man who was here, because he was a good guy. This woman got a catch when she got him. And I thought, I never said anything about it, but I thought, well, I won't say his name. You you must not feel real well when you have to live in the shadow of this other guy. No, he never, he never should have been mean-spirited toward the life that his wife had before uh, he met her. I'm not saying to be jealous or intimidating about that, but or intimidated about that. But at some point, you got to recognize what you got, and you got to be what you're supposed to be with it. <coughs> and if you don't, <clears throat> you're going to be miserable. So let's just keep pressing forward with what God has given us as saints. Especially in this day when everybody has a truth, everybody has an opinion. And like the Old Testament prophet said, how long halt you between two opinions? It's not just two opinions anymore. There's 30 opinions. And they all say they're right. (coughs) So do what you're going to do and be what you're supposed to be, and God will bless that. So, <coughs> excuse me, our weather here in Dallas <coughs> is so fluctuating right now that in the mornings, your sinuses don't know what to do. I'm not sick. Don't let anybody get the burden about that. It's just sinuses. So, we turn to the passage that the Lord has put on our heart for today, and it's found in Ephesians chapter 5, a well-known passage. And in uh, verses 15 and 16, the Apostle Paul writes, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, we taught on this many months ago, and it's an old, it's an older understanding, which is why I didn't share it during the seminar. But in light of what we've received in the seminar, we need to apply what this passage of Scripture, through the empowerment of the Spirit, suggests for us to do today. We need to be wise. This is, this is our word. that speaks about what we've learned from God and what what he has given us as a directive to do. You know, there's another word that we've studied a lot of about wisdom that has to do with us spending time with God and receiving fresh insight. That's great. Undoubtedly, 
this understanding fuels the word that we're looking at today. This is sophos, is to remember what your task is, to remember what God has given you to do, remember what he has taught you, and to not not uh, eject that, but to walk according to it. And walk circumspectly. You, you are aware of what's going on around you, but in the midst of it all, you stay on track. If, if I know that that's what the Spirit is saying in this. <clears throat> so if we were writing it, which we're not, we would say, remember what God has commissioned you to do and to be and what he has taught you from his word and follow his directives that he has given you. Be aware of what's going on around you, but don't let them trip you up or cause you to vacillate on behalf of the mission you've been given. That's what he said here, which is basically what we've been saying so far today. Um, To be a fool is to forget in this passage, this this is not any of the other words that we've talked about regarding the fool, <clears throat> but this one means is you've abandoned the wisdom God has given you. So we don't want to do that. Redeeming the time. What is God doing right now? What is the Kairos understanding right now? And redeeming there, remember, is <clears throat> that term that speaks about going into the marketplace and carefully selecting what you need and what you uh, have been searching for while ignoring the other things in that marketplace that you don't want to waste your money or your time on. This is about being a careful shopper in the Agora. I know what it's like to be in these kinds of markets. You know, we could go in the grocery store um, or you could go into a farmer's market or if you're in Europe, you can go into their, or not just Europe, but in a lot of the other countries, they have these regularly in Brazil. And you can walk amongst the tables and just have all kinds of stuff that is available there. And you've got your little tote bag, and you're going through, and hopefully, you know, here's one deal. It's a, you're always told not to shop when you're hungry. Isn't that true? So enter into shopping with some point of satisfaction in your own life. Um, follow the list not your whims. I I think that the application of that is so important for us. If we're in the marketplace and we're walking circumspectly, be a disciplined saint. Be filled with what God is sharing with you every day. Know your purpose and be absolutely satiated and overflowing with the things God has given you in his word.
so that when you enter the marketplace, you're not clamoring around for anything that just looks good. You're satisfied. You're savvy. I know some of you, and I admire this to a degree, some of you have to manage your money very carefully. And you go through places and you won't buy just anything. Others of you have more money than Roosevelt, but you, you're a penny pincher. And it's funny to watch you. I'm not judging anybody. But what I'm saying is, if we would use that same, <clears throat> that same type of discretion in the, in the spiritual marketplace, in the marketplace of the world, how much better off would we be? So when you go into the marketplace, you're not just going shopping to waste time. That's another thing that people do. They're just out there shopping because they don't have anything else to do. And I'm not faulting that. It's pleasant to go out. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a medicine for many people. I'm not faulting that. I run around the mall with my granddaughters. Um, we just like to go around, just little girls. We, they learn things. And, um, but we're not going out to just shop. We're just, it's, it's fun. So I'm not faulting that. But what I am saying is, when you enter the spiritual marketplace, or you enter the, uh, the marketplace of the world, you better be discretionary. You better know what your mission is. You better know what you're called to do. And you better be full with the things of his word that God has already given you. And I find that if people are, are doing that, they're not susceptible to just going on a, a binge buying of all the other teachings that are out there. The internet is a blessing, but it can be a curse. You can find all kinds of teachings and all kinds of slick stuff all over the internet. And if you're not careful, you're unfaithful to the thing God has given you to do by filling your dance card with other places that God has not called you to partner with. Are you hearing me? <laughs> Boy, I'm really preaching at you today, aren't I? So, we redeem the time. There are kairos moments all around us. Things that are time-sensitive. Things that are going on that we need to be aware of. And this is another reason to be, to be select in what you're receiving. Because if you're out there gathering all kinds of stuff that really doesn't matter to you, you may miss the moment. It may be like Jacob. The Lord was in this place. I didn't know it. And then, um, and then you really, I don't want to press this too, too indelicately, but you failed the Lord. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on anybody. But um, you've got to be really careful to get, catch the moment. I think that's a big part of the Mary and Martha story. You know, Jesus knew that him and his disciples were coming into that household and they were all hungry. So 
unless he was going to break some bread and, and break some fish, somebody had to be preparing that food. So he wasn't telling Martha, you know, don't worry about the food. You know, I've, I've got a, an Uber Eats coming in with lots of Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is the food of the Christians. We all know that. Um, we, don't, we, don't, we don't believe that he was saying to Martha, you know, when she came to complain about her sister who wasn't helping, um, that, you know, you don't need to work. I mean, it is your house. You're hosting. And any host, we can tell you that from here, is going to be busy all the time. I mean, shoot, I'm still busy, and the seminar's been over for days. I'm waiting for this seminar to finally end, and hopefully that'll happen later today. But the point, though, is, is that he said Mary has chosen the better thing. And that was the fact that Jesus was there right then. He wouldn't be there tomorrow. He'd be, you know, in if for us, he's with us. But that Kairos moment was was for that moment. So enjoy that. Don't be troubled. That's the main thing. You're troubled about many things. He didn't say, don't do what you have to do. He said, you're troubled by it. So recognizing the moment, recognizing the most important thing, recognizing what you have to do, but somehow in the midst of all the work, not missing the Kairos moment. That's the message of the Mary and Martha story. Anybody who says that all you can do is just lay at Jesus' feet, you got to wake up. I mean, listen to me. You've got to find that place, but at some point, You've got to, if you're at the throne, unless you just want to go ahead and die, and even when you are in heaven for, for eternity, you're going to be busy. So Jesus wasn't saying, well, I just want all of you to lay around here at my feet. I mean, he wasn't saying that. But capturing the moment is the essence. And Martha was not doing that. Yeah, she was ticked because her sister wasn't helping her. I don't know a whole lot of households where siblings have not expressed opinions as to what their other siblings should or should not be doing. So that is not necessarily a cardinal sin. That was there. I know a lot of sisters who have very strong opinions as to what their siblings should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing, to each his own. But, um, you know, that's there too. And Jesus didn't rebuke that, because you start rebuking that kind of thing, you're just going to be a rebuke factory, because it goes on every in every family. So, um, redeeming the time, redeeming the Kairos moment, the days are evil, that's not a revelation. The days are evil. We have to recognize that. And if you're hoping for kingdom now and all the evil to go away, for, forget about it, as our Italian prophet would say. Forget about it. Thus saith the Lord. Forget about it. So what do we see here? 
darkness is upon the earth, gross darkness is, is upon the people. God's light will shine on us. How's that going to happen? We've got to be what we're called to be. We've got to eat the spiritual meat that God is supplying for us to do what we're called to do. We need to know our mission and know that that is a priority, and God forbid you're pining over somebody else's priority. Next, when you're in the Kairos moment, make sure that you're you're secure in your calling, that you are in commune with God, that you're up to date with what His Spirit is leading you into in the Scriptures, and from that framework, navigate through the marketplace. Only get what God highlights. Don't go on a whim. Don't go on a binge. Don't go on this pathway where you are not fulfilled in God. He is your source. If you're hungry, find that fulfillment in him. So, that's the message for today. I've really driven a lot of these points home. (laughs) Um, But God wants us to recognize where we are. And we understand the times, but we must redeem them as well. And be that mature saint that savvy follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, let's be what God has called us to be. So, may God bless you. We're praying for you. Uh, If you're listening to us today on Wednesday, be in prayer for Pastor Luciano as he is flying back to Sao Paulo today. Uh, By a miracle of God, we were able to get the required COVID test done, and uh, we were able to get the results, and that was a, you want to talk about redeeming the time, I don't, how many hoops and loops we had to go through to clarify what this Brazilian guy in the United States, how to fill in his forms, how to get the results, and uh, it, it was fun, but God brought us through it. So he's ready to go. Let's just pray that God will um, bless this journey and bless that church and bless that nation. Um, so uh, be in prayer about that. And uh, we'll look forward to, to reaching out once again very soon. And until that time, God bless you and goodbye.